Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave King. They say the squeaky wheel gets the most grease. Unfortunately for today's business owners, it's been pretty noisy lately. You have a lot to worry about these days with tax reform, health care regulations, and who knows what else. So when it comes to keeping tabs on your company's retirement plan statistics, you might feel like your attention would be better spent elsewhere, like on the golf course. Not so fast. Before you know it, the number of participants in your company's retirement plan could cause you to trigger a plan audit, uh-oh, which could have all kinds of ramifications. Today's guest is going to tell us how to identify retirement plan participants, what the retirement plan audit magic number is, and what to do once you hit that magic number. Kim Veal, a member of our retirement plan audit team here at Ray & Associates, is joining us to tackle this topic. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Kim. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It's good, good. to be back. <laughs> we, you sort did of. such a great job first time through. We have to have you uh, back. That's what they said. But um, <laughs> one of the things we want to talk about today is the retirement plan and, and kind of what's going on behind the scenes that a lot of our listeners may and may not know. So you're going to help us out. But let's start with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, Tax Reform Act. You know, we're hearing a lot of statistics there. You know, the markets are, uh, stock markets, financial markets are rocking. More participants are supposed to have more money in their pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah the businesses are supposed to have more money because of the tax mm -hmm, cut. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. do you, what do you think? Uh, how is this going to impact retirement plans going forward? Any thought? Well, I mean, obviously there's going to be more plan assets out there if you know, the stock market's raising. That's what we always hope for. Every plan participant always hopes that their <laughs> their account is going to go up. So that's always a positive. That's what we hope for every year. But, um, you know, when, when that happens, you know, there's always a danger that in the event of some sort of fraud or something like that, that they're going to lose it. So um, there's, you know, you got to watch your coverage, your insurance coverage and all of that. Um, it could, you know, have a, an increase that you have to make sure is is meets the guidelines. So um, other than that, I mean, it's good on our it's end. Good, good um, it's, for, a, it's a good forecast it's a good, for us. You, so. Okay, so in your opinion, uh, it looks uh, all uh, all signs are pointing point forward. Yes, the only thing is, is now because the stock market is going up, people are going to look to get into the plan if they haven't before. So <laughs> that's good always great good, for people because they segue. get... Yeah. Good segue into our conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Ray and Associates over the years has been uh, heavily involved in retirement plans, whether it's in the third-party administration mm -hmm. uh, process, retirement plan strategies, investment models, and audits of the plan. And that's where you've been living for a number of months and years <laughs> on the audit side. Yes. So um, I have done six audit seasons since starting at Ray on the employee benefit plan audit side. And I've been a, probably officially full-time in the employee benefit plan audit world for maybe a year now. Um, we're transitioning me out of our general audit world, but yeah. Um, I've, Especially. I've, Yes, it's my specialty now. So, but it was the very first audit I did out the gate when I started here. That was I started in May, and those ramp up all summer. So, 
You know, when I grow up and buy a company and have a retirement plan that needs audited, I'm going to hire you as my auditor. I will take that. <laughs> I, I, I want an auditor with a personality. Yeah, we'll say that uh, that's a world that nobody expects, I guess, when we walk in. They, they look for the suits and the, those are the scary people. But um, we, we try to make it fun um, as much as possible. I mean, obviously, you're going to be pulling support and answering our questions. And that's not always great fun, but um, we do like to talk to our clients and, and have some just normal conversations. And if the weather is crappy outside, guess what? We're going to talk about how crappy the weather is. And and we're not, you know, it's not always business, business, business. And, um, you know, we, we want to sit down and we, we don't want to just be um, one of the crowd. Yeah. Well, that's that. And we've talked about that before. And that is uh, your style, your audit style mm -hmm. that you bring to the table that, not only you've got to do the job as the auditor and, and, and make those calls that sometimes are difficult, but you also bring fun, you mm -hmm. bring suggestions, and you get people to relax around you that, that help benefit the plan, which moves the company forward. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thanks. You've done a nice job. You know, let's talk about, Ed, you'd mentioned that as, as the markets uh, boom and there's more money available, we may have more participants in a plan. So let's talk about where we're at today and if, if for for having an audit of my retirement or benefit plan, how many participants do I need? So participants is a a very general term um, because uh, participants for um, ERISA, the act that governs these plans, um, is actually not just somebody who actually is actively participating. It um, includes anybody who is eligible for the plan as well. So their count might not change too much because they could have a very large pool of eligible participants, um, even if they're not actively contributing at that time. But in the future, they're looking to change that rule to make it just are actually using the plan people. So right now, you may have an audit requirement. In the future, that may go away. But with everybody joining, now you're going to have a bunch more even actively participating people. So you kind of have to watch that when it comes to your count. But if you're doing it right, you should be encouraging your people to participate. That's sure. what it's for. So, sure. um, but if it's not that, that it doesn't affect our audit count yet, um, it could, but that audit count is actually a hundred. Okay. So a hundred people okay. is the key, key number here. Over a hundred, you require an audit. Under a hundred, you don't. Um, there's a little bit of a caveat with that. Um, there's a specialty rule that says, you know, if you're between 80 and 120, you can continue to file like you have in the past, like the previous, the directly previous year, which means that say you had, you know, 95 and you filed as a small plan with no audit, and then you bump up to 105, they'll let you continue to file as a small audit until you go over 120. But once you're at 120, you're really in the audit pool. <laughs> okay. So let me see if I can quantify this a minute. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me, there's an example going around in my mind. Let me see if I can throw it at you and see if you can, you can knock this one out of the park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's say I have a plan that I have 52 participants in the plan, but overall, I have 130 people who are eligible to participate. Mm -hmm. Now, I, from what you just said, I have an audit requirement. Yes, you do. So I have to look at the eligibility. Yes. 
We've had a few clients that have been caught by that where they have only, I mean, I've had one where they've only had about 30 people actively participating. Um, So their plan asset level is very low. But in the end, they gave eligibility to almost every employee in their company, which was over 300. So because you granted them eligible access to the plan, you have an audit, even though you only have 30 people in the plan at the time. That's an uh-oh then. Yeah, um, they didn't quite like that. <laughs> well, sure. Are the current rules now. Don't shoot the messenger, yeah, right? Don't, don't shoot the messenger when we're trying to keep you compliant, because if you're not, um, there's a lot of penalties with that too. Sure. Well, so. Let's talk about those penalties for a minute. You you mentioned ERISA. You know, we talk about the Internal Revenue Service and the DOL or the Department of Labor. It's really the Department of Labor that's overseeing the. Retirement plans? Yeah, so the Department of Labor is the main um, overseeing body for retirement plans. The IRS comes in because there is an annual form that you have to file, just like a tax form for any individual or business. Um, There's no tax due on that tax form, but the IRS kind of collects that. Um, And they review it too. But when it comes to governing um, these plans and determining whether or not you've met your base requirements, the Department of Labor is the one that's going to be checking up and will determine whether or not you owe money on penalties. You're, you're full of good news here. I know, I, right? As, penalties, as audits, a, all as over a, the place. As a trustee <laughs> of the plan, I've got to worry not only about the Internal Revenue Service and my filing of the 5500 mm-hmm. and I've got to worry about the Department of Labor. Yes, and because you are that trustee, um, you have that fiduciary responsibility, and if you you know you haven't pushed for those things they can come after you too so oh no i i'm protected by the corporate veil they can't come after me can they no <laughs> you are not protected by the corporate veil necessarily that's one of the reasons why you have to understand your responsibility when you take that role on of being some sort of trustee of the plan um you're basically executing that role of protecting the plan which includes filing on time and getting your audit when you have to and all of those things. Not just, oh, I've made sure our participants have access and, oh, I've made sure that um, we have the right insurance in place. It's all of the other stuff as well. If I find that I'm out of compliance, uh, is the Department of Labor pretty understanding? Can I make, uh, make everything whole if I get my act together? There are some compliance programs um, that are self-driven um, where you may p- pay quite a bit less than if the Department of Labor finds you. So it's always better that if you're out of compliance and you discover that, to bring it to them first. Um, They will work with you as much as possible. But I mean, if you are aware and you just ignore that and then they find it um, and come for you, they can come for you pretty hard. Um, They charge $1,100 a day for a deficient filing. Let's see, 365 times 1,100. That's a large number. It's a large number. They do max it out currently at 50,000, but they might be able to get... Per year? Uh, I'm be. not sure if it's per year or not. It could 50, be a year. 50K could is be. a lot. I can hire a person, couple people. For that amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> and to be working for you and producing product, yeah, instead you're going to pay the DOL. So there might be an amnesty program maybe, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of? Yeah, to get you through that. Um, it's always best if you've noticed that to call 
Um, they do do anonymous like inquiries to be yeah. like, hey, this is my situation. Maybe, um, not really, but maybe this is my situation. Um, what do I do? And they'll give you some suggestions. So, so in my company, my employment ranges they they fluctuate uh, on an annual basis, go up and down. So I'm in and out of the provisions or the regulations to file. Would I just be better off just having an audit? every year and um it i mean they don't preclude you from ever not having an audit um it's it's always a good step we encourage it um if you are actually considering it most of the time it they most companies will just look at what they're required to do and stick with that but you know if if you're worried and you want to have that extra double check and here we have an audit that came through and, and at least look for any material misstatements or anything like that and here we have a, a nice set of financial statements that you can review it's probably you're in a better position than you are without it um i yeah definitely so um, with my plan it's a good idea just to sit down with you every year and see what we've got mhm always a good idea a little, little consulting there yeah. And just as a note, um, that count that we discussed, I, I figured I'd throw this in there. Um, okay. Th- okay. That gonna, count. I didn't is, ask this question I know, yet. Right? You're just going to, you want, <laughs> I'm just going to take over. Start, you're going to take over. Okay. I'm taking over. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware that that count is as of the first day of your plan year. So that's why we kind of want to do this session here um, early in the year, you know, kind of to indicate because many plans have a 1231 filing deadline. So they're, Plan year starts on January 1st. So January 1st, whatever your participant count is, based on that formula, will tell you for the 2018 year, you've got an audit. So See, that fact was not in my notes. I think you hid that from me so you could come out and... And act like you're uh, totally famous in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Um. <laughs> so, so let's repeat that. Just it's the the count as of if you have a December 31 year end. Yep. Then on January 1st, 1st you will know whether or not you, you will have know. And that would be the, let's say so it's January 1st, 2018. Mm-hmm. I would look at that number to determine if I haven't need an audit for 2017. No, it's 2018. 2018. So it's a look forward. Yes. I'll look back. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing about that. We have a lot of plans that we've actually have come to us over a year later. <laughs> We're talking for 18, you won't be, you know, a general filing won't be due on an extended basis until October 15th of 2019. Um, and they're coming to us on like October 1st of 2019 going, oops, we didn't have the audit. We have an audit requirement. Um, there's no reason to get to that point and not know. Um, okay. And that could be a lack of communication between you and your record keeper. That could be just you as a trustee not watching, um, but it you can know today. Okay, so two two facts. Again, we want to repeat January 1, mm-hmm. start of the plan year. Mm-hmm. And what is my magic number that I'm looking for? 100. 100. <laughs> okay. Very easy. January 1 and 100. Okay, well, we got to make it easy uh, for trustees. I, I, you know, I, I think we have to talk a little bit about a lot of the trustees are business owners. Yeah. And they're so involved in making money on the day-to-day basis and, and trying to uh, navigate some of the business planning and some things that are going on in mm-hmm. the business world. That's probably 10th on their list to see if 
if we yeah. uh, have to have an <laughs> audit of a retirement plan. Um, yeah, it, it generally is not on the top of the list. Um, January 1, they're watching football. They're not counting <laughs> They're not counting payroll. They're not calling HR. No, um, and that is why you get to the position where somebody has forgotten to arrange that lovely little audit. So, you know, the AICPA who governs kind of us and the DOL, they're always consistently saying, hey, you really, really need to focus on this and you need to take time, which may be why they originally set that requirement as of the first of the year to drive giving you time to figure out if you have an audit requirement and then finding the auditor that you need. You know, let's go back and talk a little bit um, about the Department of Labor, the DOL. Mm -hmm. The DOL in recent years has been very, very critical of the public accounting profession mm -hmm. and the audit quality of pension plan and ben employee <laughs> benefit audits. Um, yeah, it is one of their most criticized areas, I would think. And they um, are. They In some cases, they're... They're correct. Yes. Um, They're correct. And that's one of the biggest things that they find when they find deficient audits is that the public accounting firm that performed the audit did not have the experience necessary to perform the audit under the guidelines because it is a specialty area where you need more than just your general audit experience. How many retirement employee benefit plan audits? Will Ray and Associates uh, do in 2018? Any feel for the number? I believe it's somewhere around 160 now. 160. After our merger with Walthall. Yeah. So that's a pretty significant number, and you're involved in many, and you're doing this full-time, so I got to believe you know what's <laughs> going on. I think the DOL would just love to see your name on that audit report. Um. Yeah, my name, my name doesn't go on it, but Ray and Associates, um, we work pretty closely with the Department of Labor. We have a couple of different contacts. They're very aware um, of our firm, as well as we are part of their, um, the AICPA's Employee Benefit Plan Audit Quality Center, um, which is a specific group that you have to meet certain requirements within your firm to be part of it, which includes educating the people who are doing these audits, having somebody on annual calls with the AICPA to make sure all updates are getting communicated. Um, they keep a list of those firms that qualify, and Ray and Associates has been on that list as long as I know. So not all firms are created equal when it comes to doing employee plan yeah. in audits. This, in this world, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, in a, in a few minutes we have left, let's just, uh, I want to pick off just a couple, uh, you know, industry tidbits from uh, what you've been doing. And again, you're doing a great job of explaining kind of the, the, the magic numbers, if you will. Are you finding, have you found any fraudulent situations in some of the audits uh, that you've been involved in? I've been lucky enough not to have a fraud situation on any of mine. Um, I know our firm has faced that, but personally, um, I we haven't located anything like that. But we see stories after stories of <laughs> that going on. Yeah. And again, I think it, it speaks to the quality of the audit procedures that may or may not be you know, performed. And again, an audit's not necessarily designed to, to find fraud. But if if you see enough things as you're going through, you know, you may have to call a timeout yeah, um, and have some discussion. You know, it's not there. We don't, we're not, it's not specific to our, the audits that we're performing. We don't say, hey, we're looking for fraud. But um, 
when you're asking questions, you know, you may note things and we're going to, if we note it, we don't just let it lie. Um, we're going to ask questions. We're going to look further. Um, and as soon as we know, we tell the appropriate level of management, hey, we have a suspicion here that something might be going on. Um, and luckily, with at least on the employee benefit side, um, you know, they hire a lot of external companies to help come in to do that record keeping and to um, hold your assets for you. Um, so the risk is a little bit less, but it doesn't mean it's non-existent. Thanks, Kim. Our guest today has been Kim Veal, audit specialist <laughs> with a personality yes. in Ray and Associates <laughs> Lima, Ohio office. Yep. Thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, Kim. Thanks for having me. And even though you're located out of the Lima, Ohio office, mm -hmm. you'll travel all over the country because you have a great amount of passion for these employee benefit offices. I'll go wherever I'm welcome. There you go. <laughs> it's nice to know that there are retirement plan audit experts out there who can take care of the company once an audit is triggered. Listeners, we've got some great resources on our website to help you along the way. And as always, if you have any questions about retirement plan audits, you can always email us at podcast at raycpa.com. We will be sure to put you through to Kim or another member of the Ray team. If you haven't already done so, don't forget to subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or check out video from today's episode on Ray's YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Dave King, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray & Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.